Yosef ben Shmuel Aaron, Zichron Lebracha, Benjamin and Alice Wall of Netanya, for dedicating the Shi'urim this month in memory of their dear friend and mentor, Moshe Chaim ben Tzvi Hirsch, our week of learning sponsors, Dr. Shmuel Rabin Karapkin, creation of the first yard site of Shmuel's father, Leonard Karapkin, Lipa ben Yecheska Lakoin, and the learning is dedicated this week as well in memory of uh, Police Commander Noam Raz, Hashem Yikom Damo, who I sent out the information yesterday, really incredible, who never missed a day of Dafyomi. We hope that in the merit of our Torah, all of the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and their families in Nechama. But with that, let us, let us begin. We really have an incredible Daf ahead of us today. Today's Daf is Ayin Aleph 71. And we are picking up Amir Sashem, two lines up from the bottom, on Ayin Amud Bey's 70B, Hashtag Da Amrit. So remember again, just to, just to provide a little bit of context and, and a quick review again. We started the new parak yesterday, Baruch Hashem, Mazel Tov on that. And in this parak, we were continuing on, it's interesting, by the way, just the progression of our topics, right? Remember again, we've been speaking about Truma already for a little while. But the truth is, our discussion about Truma really began in the context of marriage. Or, and then, right, what types of marriages allow or preclude truma consumption that then transitions into a discussion about what type of relationships, even non-marital relationships, allow for the consumption of truma or preclude it. And now again, in this particular Mishnah, we're talking about from the Kohen perspective himself, what type of personal situation allows for a Kohen to continue to teach truma and what would preclude it. So we'll say, so remember again, so we were sp- specifically focusing on the RL, right? We haven't even really gotten further in the Mishnah. So the so an individual Kohen who is uncircumcised may not go ahead and eat truma. We had a machlokes as to how we arrive at that conclusion. Where do we know that from? So we'll say, we have Rebbe Lazar and Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Lazar, again, just very quickly, Rabbi Lazar was saying, essentially it's a, it's a gzir shava of Tosha v'sachir, Tosha v'sachir. It says Tosha v'sachir by Pesach, and again, we defined those terms. But just like there's a category of people who can't eat Karban Pesach, and Tosha v'sachir, included in that category, now remember, we saw Tosha v'sachir by by. Pesach ultimately again refers to non-Jews. So halacha so just like Tosha v'sachir can't eat carbon Pesach, and 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 also by Pesach an RL can't eat Pesach. So too it says Toshav and Sachir by Truma, and an RL also can't eat Truma. An RL also can't eat Truma. That was the position of Balazar. Rabbi Akiva, whose position we'll get into a little bit more today as well, said it's the it's a limud ish ish. Ish Ish comes to include a group of people who cannot go ahead and partake of consecrated items, and included in that is the RL. Okay, so we'll say that that's that's the background. That's the background. Remember, again, over the course of yesterday, we also did a number of other drushas, which we're going to pick up with today. Hashtad da Amrit, second to last line from the bottom. Sahashtad da Amrit Bo Lidrasha Huda Asa. So we'll say now that we said that the word Bo. Found by Karben Pesach, the Chol Evet Ish Miknas Kesef Umalta also as Yochal Bo. Now that we said that Bo is used for a drasha, Kol Ben Nechar Lo Yochal Bo Lamali. Ultimately, and I will say, why do I need the phrase of Kol Ben Nechar Lo Yochal Bo? To which the Gemara says, this is very interesting. Lamali Bo Hamara Tap of Ayin Aleph Bo Hamaras Das Poselas. The Bo said to teach us something really fascinating. 
در حلاخه لمایسا هماراز داس بسوارس هماراز داس اپیکارسوس اپیکارسوس if somebody does not believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, believe in Torah, remember, you know, say, the notion of Hamaraz Das doesn't have to be that a person abandons all faith, but rather a person abandons certain basic tenets of faith. So if, person, if a person doesn't believe, a non-believer, Jew, a non-believer, is not permitted to eat Karban Pesach. Is that fascinating? Not permitted to eat Karban Pesach. Hamaraz Das Poselas, if a person has given up his faith, Himer Daito literally means um, exchanged his faith. He exchanged his faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu for something else. And his actions have become alien to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Torah says that ultimately, again, such a person is not permitted to eat carbon Pesach. Interesting. But say, I'll also point out over here how I think it's fascinating that Rashi understands over here Hamaras Das has two things. There's ultimately, again, Himer Dato. There's like a, 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 a um, cognitive piece over here, almost like a spiritual piece over here. I abandon beliefs. And behavioral piece over here, and my actions themselves, my actions themselves become alien. So both say Samaras Das precludes one from eating Pesach. And interesting enough, the in Hamaras Das poselas be Fascinating. But if Halacha Lamaisa, and it was here say my Maiser Shini or anything else, right? But Hamaras Das will not preclude a person ultimately from eating Maiser. Okay, so I'll say, so I'll point out if we have time, I'll come back to this because it's a fascinating Rambam. Because the Rambam says, we'll say, this notion that a, that a person, Hamaraz Das, can't go ahead and eat carbon Pesach. So, interestingly enough, the Rambam understands this more as a prohibition to give such a person carbon Pesach. So, I'll say, so for example, if I know that a member of my Chabura, has become an apikores, right? Hamaraz das, I would not be permitted to give that person from my carbon pesach. Because we'll say the notion that that person can eat carbon pesach, well, if the isser is on him, if he's an apikores, right, then what? Then what? The isser is not going to matter all that much to him. The isser is on other people to provide him with a piece of the carbon pesach. Okay, so the Gemara says, Kol lamali. What do I need the phrase? Of kol aral yochabo, what does that come to teach me? So the Gemara says, "Bo eno ochel, aval ochel hu bematzu bemaror." Wow! They both say to teach me what that halacha lemaisa the apikores, right? The 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 hamaras das individual, he can't eat carbon pesach. What can he eat? Matzah and maror. What can he matzah and maror? Which I will say, by the way, I just want to tell you, is again, there's so much to talk about in these sugis, which is fascinating. I will say, what is this Kimar an explicit raya for? What is it a raya for? There's a fundamental machlokes by Pesach. Are Pesach, Matzah, and Murr one mitzvah? Or are they independent mitzvahs? Now I will say, now what is this based on? When the Torah speaks about Matzah and Murr, what does the Torah say? Al Matzos Umirorim Yochluhu. Hadi Karba Pesach, Hadi Karba Pesach. With matzah and maror, which I both say gives rise to the Hillel sandwich, korech, right? Korech, you wrap it all together. Hillel's understanding was there's one mitzvah 
of Pesach, Masa, and Maror. And that's why you wrap it together. They're not independent. They are to all be consumed together. It is interesting to see over here how, what does the Gemara say? The Gemara says that the individual who is suffering from Hamaras Das, now there's a condition of Hamaras Das, there's a condition of Apikarsus. Some people suffer from it, Rahman al So again, if this guy is suffering from Hamaras Das, he can't eat Karim Pesach. What can he eat? How he can't, he can't, he can eat Matz and Mar, which would seem to indicate that Allah Chalamaisa what? What? There's several misses. Here's an interesting aside. Vitzrich Lemicht of Aral, Vitzrich Lemicht of Kol Ben Nechar. So I will say the truth is, so therefore what we have over here, I will say is as follows. What we have over here is by, by Pesach, by Karim Pesach, I so far have two exclusions. Well, more than two, but we're two that we're learning now. I have Aral. Someone who's uncircumcised can't eat Karban Pesach. That's one. And then Kol Ben Nechar teaches me that anyone who is, we'll just call it an Apikoris, even though I will, say, I will point out that Hamaras Das and Apikarsos, there can be differences between the two. But again, for our purposes this morning, we're just going to equate them because I think Apikarsos is a little bit more familiar for us in the, in the vernacular. So Halach Halamaisa, Kalbanecha teaches me that an apikores can't eat carbon pesach. So why do I need both? The words of Yitzchak lemichtav Arel, Yitzchak lemichtav Kalbanecha. Why? Because of Rachmana Arel, had the Torah just told me that an Arel can't eat carbon pesach. Mishum demois. I will say we've seen the second already. We've seen so that's yesterday's daf also. An Arel, an Arel is considered to be most. There's something repulsive. There's something disgusting about the uncircumcised individual. I said, now what does that mean? The Gemara is saying that the absence of a bris milah represents a, an absence of a level of physical refinement. So I understand if a person is, if there's a, if there's a lack of physical refinement, then halacha they can't partake in a carbon, right? There's something physically unrefined about that individual. Aval benechar delo mois emolo. You see, interesting enough, with the apikores, physically, he's whole, right? Physically, he's quote-unquote refined. Physically, he's fine. I might have thought that therefore, halacha l'maysa, he's not excluded. The Torah just excluded the apikores. Why? I understand why. Because in libo l'shamayim, I will say, what a, what a profound statement. His heart is not with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. His heart is not with Hashem. And therefore, again, that's why he's excluded from Karim Pesach. Aval Orel, Delibo L'Shamayim Eimolo. But Orel, which again, I'm going to say, somebody might be uncircumcised, but Allah Chalamaisa, again, his heart is to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And I'm going to say, you'll say to yourself, come on, that doesn't make any sense, right? If you're uncircumcised, how can your heart be to Hashem, right? If your heart was really to Hashem, then what? Then what? You'd have a bris milah. I just want to point out, I would say, we all live with this. In other words, the notion, a person could not have a bris milah, and, he, okay, in this area he's deficient, but in other areas he's with that Kaddish Baruch Hu. I would say, isn't that the story of our lives? Right? I'm good in some areas, not so good in other areas, but again, just because I'm deficient in certain ways doesn't take away from the fact that the areas in which I am committed that's a sincere commitment, right? Our Yiddishkeit, right? Like any relationship is not an all or nothing thing. I'm committed to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the areas that I'm committed and I struggle 
in the areas that I struggle with. And, and that's, that's okay. My goal, my goal is to become more proficient, to become better in more and more areas each and every day. That's my goal. But Lamaisa, the fact that I'm incomplete, the fact that I'm imperfect, the fact that I struggle in some ways does not take away from the fact that I'm doing really well in other areas. It's not an all or nothing thing. So the Gemara says, I would understand if you would exclude the Apikores. He doesn't believe in God. He doesn't believe in God, or at least he thinks he doesn't believe in God, right? His heart is not to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Aval Aurel, but the Aurel, the Libol HaShamayim, his heart is for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, right? He, he, he's, he's with God. I, he's deficient in this era of bris milah. Got it. That's the story of our lives. Good in some areas, deficient in other areas, but it doesn't take away from the things that I'm doing well. Se'imolo. I would have thought that such an individual should not be excluded. Therefore, it's Tzricha. Shabbos says, Halacha Lema it's really fascinating. So we, we're beginning to kind of build out the people who are precluded from Karma Pesach. So again, we have, we have Tosha Vesachir, as those are written explicitly. We saw that already in yesterday's daf. Aurel is also written explicitly by Karma Pesach. And now again, Rabbi say that phrase called Ben Nechar, which the truth is, what does that mean? Who, who's, who's the Ben Nechar? Rabbi say just to understand, by the way, how do you translate that phrase, Ben Nechar? Son of... Right, stranger, right? It could be like Nechar, like Lashon of Nachri, or the son who is estranged. That's how the Gemara seems to really understand it over here. Ben Nechar is the son who is estranged. Who is the son who is estranged? Hamaras Das. Apikarsus. Apikarsus. He also does not Nechar in Pesach. Beautiful. I mean, not beautiful, but you understand. Says the Gemara. Mimenu, Mimenu Lamali. What do I do with the word Mimenu? Now, what are we referencing here? So, we'll say, so the Pasek is, we'll say, the Torah seems to use the word mimenu from it repeatedly, right? Do not eat from it cooked, right? Rather, it has to be roasted. Do not leave over from it until bulk, until morning. And if you leave over from it until the morning, it, we have to burn it. So I will say, the word mimenu from it is repeated multiple times. And to be honest, doesn't really seem necessary. So why do I need the word mimenu? Mimenu, mimenu l'amali, l'chidraba amra b'yitzchak. So I will say, that drasha, we're actually going to discuss, Rashi points out over here, Lekamon Ayin Dalit Amadal. So in a couple of days from now, we will see the Jrasha regarding Mimenu. Okay, so we're going to shelve that for now. Amar Mar, Rabbi Akiva, Amar Eino Tzarek. So remember, up until now, our entire discussion has been focused on the position of Rabbi Lazar. Right? Rabbi Lazar, also remember again, we've only gotten... <laughs> This whole time, we've only been through the first word in the Mishnah, right? The Mishnah, we're going through the list of people who cannot eat, who cannot eat truma, says the RL. So this entire time, we've been focusing on how do I know that an RL can't eat carbon Pesach? That's what we've been hyper-focused on. So I will say, and what's the answer to that? The answer to that is, the answer to that is that Gervatoshev, um, um, Gervatoshev, and we kind of built that out. Now we're transitioning to the position of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says this whole drasha is not necessary. You don't need this whole thing of gervatoshav, gervatoshav, this, that. Rabbi Akiva says the xirshava is not necessary to learn the isser of Orel by Truma. Where does he learn it from? So the Gemara says, Harihu Omer, ish ish, lirabos es ha'orel. The Pasik says, ish ish, and ish ish is coming to include the Orel. 
good. The boss said, by the way, the passage that he's referencing over here is Ish Ish Mizera Aaron Utsarua Ozav Bakadoshim Loyochal Adashayitar. So say, the Torah actually here is talking about, interestingly enough, if a person is a tsarua, has saras, a person is a zob, meaning a person is tameh. If a person is tameh, he cannot go ahead and partake of anything consecrated or sacrificial. Rabbi Akiva's drasha is the word ish ish is coming to include other people in this precluded status. Who else is coming to be included? The RL, the, the, the person who's uncircumcised, he too cannot participate or cannot partake of other sacrificial items, or I should say, I should say consecrated items, namely truma as well. Incredible. I have a So the Gemara now is going to go through the same exercise with Rabbi Akiva that we went through with Rabbi Lazar in yesterday's daf. It's really fascinating. Rabbi Akiva, how do you know that ish ish comes to include an RL, someone uncircumcised? Maybe it comes to include an onane, someone who suffered a loss in the immediate aftermath of the loss before burial. Maybe he can't eat truma. He can't eat truma. No, when it comes ultimately again to the inability to eat items that are kodesh, the Torah frames that prohibition in someone who is a zar. Someone who is a zar. So the Gemara says, Zoros amarti we only preclude someone who falls under the category of Zaros, but not Aninos, says the Gimara. I don't understand. Ima, Velo Arelos. So why don't you just say the same thing? That, that Zar, only a Zar is not permitted to eat Shuma, or, or Kadshim, I should say, but someone who isn't Arel is permitted to eat it. Haksiv Ish Ish. The Gimara says, no, for Arelos, we have the Josh of Ish Ish. The Gimara says, you're not answering my question. Umarois. I will say, the word Ish Ish is totally nondescript. I got it. Rabbi Akiva is saying the word ishish comes to include more people in the prohibition to go ahead and eat consecrated items. Rabbi Akiva is using that to teach me that an RL can't eat truma. The Gemara says, okay, maybe it comes to also exclude an onane. No, 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 not aninos, because zaros, not aninos. Okay, why don't you say zaros and not arelos? Oh, because ish ish teaches you. Again, it's circular, circular logic. So in other words, Ish Ish, I will say, is nondescript. How do you know that Ish Ish teaches you or pro- teaches you an RL any more than an Onain? To which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, how do you know that Ish Ish comes to include an RL in the prohibition and not an Onain? It makes more sense that an RL would be included in the prohibition. Why? This refers, yeah, this, this is the way to remember all of the items that we mentioned in yesterday's daf that show you how an RL is more chamer than anything else. Namely, number one, again, an RL is missing an action. In other words, not miss, he's missing an action of, of bris milah. The action is something that is, impacts his body. Va'anosh kares, it carries with the penalty of kares. And the mitzvah of milah was given even before matan Torah. And again, I will say, having uncircumcised slaves would prevent you from making, bringing Karim Pesach. So I will say, these are all the ways in which you see that the mitzvah of milah is really more chamer than anything else. And the fact that mitzvah of milah has all of these chumras would seem to indicate to us what? Would seem to indicate that halacha lamaisa, that halacha lamaisa, um, that halacha lamaisa, it should be included in ish ish. Ad 
The Gemara is supposed to say, so again, just listen to what's happening over here. Rabbi Akiva, very simple. Rabbi Akiva makes a drasha ish ish. Ish ish comes to include additional people in the prohibition to consume truma. Rabbi Akiva says, who's included in ish ish? Who's included? An RL. All the Gemara is saying is, how do you know to include an RL and not to include an onain? To which the Gemara answers, because RL is more chamer. How is RL more chamer? All of the reasons we just mentioned. To which the Gemara says, I can see, argue just the opposite. Adraba, aninos rabuye. No, I could tell you that I think you should include an onain more than an RL. Why? Why? Listen to this, Rabbi say, why? Shekin yeshna b'choshah. Number one, Rabbi say, aninos applies all the time. What does the Rabbi say? The next sugya we're going to get to, which is really so fascinating. Rabbi say, let me ask you this question. Is a child under the age of eight days considered to be an RL or not? Now, I will say, now, in other words, there's no mitzvah of bris milah until day eight. So is a child before the eighth day an RL? So this is going to be a discussion, but we're going to see an opinion that says, no. The status of arelos only applies to someone who has a mitzvah of milah, which means, I will say, that there is a time in which there may not be a din of RL. Onain is a status that applies all the time. Furthermore, it applies to men and women, right? As opposed to obviously, aura only applies to men. I will say this is so profound. Aninos, I will say, what can you do to remedy your Aninos status? What can you do? Nothing. As opposed to Arelos, what can you do? What can you do, right? Take, right, give yourself bris milah. In other words, you, you can organize, which I will say, so profound, so profound. The Gemara says, isn't there a fundamental distinction between a situation which you could remedy yourself versus a situation that you can't remedy yourself? To which the Gemara, so, so therefore I will say, the Gemara says, so therefore I can just as easily make the argument that ish ish should come to include RL because RL has its own set of chumras, to which the Gemara says, hanach nefishin. It's true, it's true, but there are more chumras associated with Aral. An interesting argument, right? Even more chumras associated with Aral. To which the Gemara says, Rava Amar, Rava Amar, I'm sorry, Rava Amar, below Hanach Nefishin, Nami Lo Matzis Amrit. The truth is, even if Aral, even if Aral didn't have more chumras, you still couldn't include owning over, over Aral. Why not? Why not? Amar Kra, Ish Ish. Because the Gemara says, Ish Ish. Ez, or we'll say, Ish means a man. And it says it twice. What is something that applies to a man and doesn't apply to a woman? Being an RL. This is now the second part of this argument. Now we have both sides. This is the Joshua of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says, How do we know that an RL can't eat truma from the ribui? of ish, 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 ish comes to include a So again, just understand context. The Pasuk of ish, ish is not talking about Shuma per se. It's talking about ish, ish, any man, any Kohen, any Kohen who is Tameh, because of Tzara'as, because of Zav, can't eat anything consecrated. Rabbi Akiva says true, but the word ish, ish, comes to include additional people. Who are the additional people, or being included, additional person being included? RL. 
Aurel can't eat truma because truma is a consecrated item. Again, we tried to include onain. We rejected that. Good. For Rabbi Akiva. So we'll say, so now, now here's what's interesting. So now we're going to go back, kind of do the same thing to Rabbi Akiva that we did to Rabbi Lazar in yesterday's daf. So we'll say, I just want to point out, Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Lazar are, are not disagreeing on the bottom line halacha. What's the bottom line halacha? An Aurel can't eat truma. What do they disagree about? The mechanism through which you arrive at that conclusion. Rabbi Akiva is learning it out from Ish Ish. Ultimately, Rabbi Lazar is learning it out from Ger Vesoshav, the Gzer Shava. And I will say, so what's interesting about this is the mechanism which you use has other ramifications because the limud is different as we're going to see. Rabbi Akiva, hi Toshav, is my Avidlei. So it's very exciting. So what does Rabbi Akiva do with Ger Vesoshav? Right, remember again, sorry, not Ger Vesoshav, Toshav is Remember again, this is by Karban Pesach. See, Rabbi Lazar used Tosha Vesachar for what? To establish the Gzereshav, the halachic bridge between Pesach and Truma. Rabbi Akiva doesn't need any of that. So what does Rabbi Akiva do with the phrase, or how does he understand the phrase, Soshav Vesachar? Here we go. So my Amr Shmaya, La'asuye, is fantastic. La'asuye, Aravi Mahol, Vigivoni Mahol. Rabose comes to include, if you have a circumcised Arab or a circumcised Givoni, these individuals are not permitted to eat Karban Pesach. Rabose that halacha even if you have a non-Jew who is circumcised, they're still not allowed to eat Karban Pesach. Because remember again, by Toshav and Sacher, the Torah says, Toshav v'sachir lo yochalbo. Right? So Toshav and Sacher can't eat Karban Pesach. So who are, and we don't know who are the Toshav and the Sakhir. Who are they? Who are they? So again, Rabbi Akiva will say they are circumcised Gentiles. Rashi says over, look at Rashi. Lasui Aravi Vigivoni Mahol Shalo Yochal Pesach. See, even though Rabbi say, listen to this. Now, what is Rabbi Akiva saying? It's fascinating. Even though these individuals Rabbi are not what? What are they not? They're not an Aurel. They're not an Aurel. Nevertheless, they can't eat Karban Pesach. To which the Gemara says, Is that true? That do we look at these individuals as circumcised? In other words, do, do we look at them ultimately again as being mulin, as being circumcised? But say, listen to this. It's just so fascinating. Tonight, we learned, So we say, let's say like this. I make a nether that I'm not going to get benefits from anyone who's uncircumcised. Okay, right? I'm not going to get benefits from anyone who's an RL. So what's Talacha? Mutter be'er Yisrael, You can get benefits from uncircumcised Jews, and you can't get benefits from circumcised Gentiles. I will say, what do you see from here? What do you see from here? You see from here that Halacha Lamaisa, that Halacha Lamaisa, the status of RL versus Mahol is actually not a physiological thing, but rather, again, is a theological thing. That a Jew is considered to be mal, right? And a guy is considered to be an RL. So now both say, the truth is, this is, remember, I want to point out something very interesting over here. The most important thing in the world of Nadarim, Rabose say, is what? Right? The cloud by Nadarim is, Benidarim halach achar lashon b'nei adam. I will say when it comes to nidarim, the way we the way we define a nether is by the way people colloquially speak. So often again, a guy will be referred to as an RL. 
We find that in the Torah. Gal will be referred to as Nanjul will be referred to as an RL. Right? So therefore, again, interestingly enough, it's not as much a physiological state as it, as it is a theological state. So I will say that but the point the Gemara is making over here is you already see, we already see that a, a Nahri who is circumcised is still considered to be quote unquote an RL. The Gemara says, Konim Shani Nana, the Mutarari, Konim Shani Nana, Lemulin. Let's listen to this. If I make a nether, I'm not going to get Hana from anyone who has a Brismila. So Mutar, Bemoli, Ovde Kochavim, Vaase Barel Yisrael. You're permitted to get benefit from a guy who has a brismila, but also to get benefit ultimately from uncircumcised Jews. So we'll say, you see over here, uncircumcised Jew is still called, still called namol, it's still called circumcised, because again, it refers more to categories of people than it does ultimately, again, to actual circumcision versus non-circumcision. So therefore, I will say, it can't be, it can't be, so we'll say, we wanted to say Rabbi Akiva is using gerbis, I'm sorry, I keep saying gerbis, social, social v'sachir, to teach you that even a guy who has a bris milah can't eat carbon pesach. Of course a guy who has a bris milah can't eat carbon pesach. In other words, what, 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 what's, what's the shaila? Carbon pesach is, is only consumable by Jews. Of course an achri can't do it. Whether he has a bris milah, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Tuesday morning says, you're right. ger shemal Wow. Wow. V'katan shenolot kishumo. Now we'll say, here we go. Rather, according to Rabbi Akiva, what does Tosha Vesachar come to include? Remember again, when we say come to include, Tosha Vesachar is coming to include additional people who cannot eat carbon Pesach. So who else can't eat carbon Pesach? I will say a ger who had bris, but didn't go to the mikvah. So he had bris milah, didn't get to go to the mikvah, or a child who was born uncircumcised. I'm sorry, circumcised, circumcised. The Kasavar, Rabbi Yakiva holds. So first of all, Rabbi Yakiva holds that Allah Khalamaisa Gerus is only complete after what? Mila and Tvila. So if you just have Mila by itself without Tvila, ultimately again the conversion is not complete. Similarly, Rabbi Akiva holds the Kasavar Tsarkla Hatif Mimeno Dambris. Right? Rabbi Akiva holds that Allah Khalamaisa will say if a child is born circumcised, there still must be what's called Hatavas Damris. You have to draw blood from the Makom Mila. From the Makomila, according to Rabbi Akiva, Tosha Vesecha comes to tell you that if you have a convert or a person in the process of conversion and he had Mila but he didn't have Tevila, he's not Jewish, can't eat Karban Pesach. Or if you have a Katan who was born with a bris, well, who was born circumcised, not really born, we don't call it born with a bris, born circumcised, again, if you do not do Atafas Dan Bris, he cannot eat from Karban Pesach. To which the Gemara says, Rabbi Lazar, supposed to be Rabbi Akiva. That's Rabbi Akiva holds that Allah Chalamais has learned that from Tosh of a soccer. I, Rabbi Lazar, what do you do? Rabbi Eliezer Latame, da Amar, Ger Shema Valotaval, Ger Ma'al Yehu. Wow. Rabbi Lazar says, So what does Rabbi Lazar, what does Rabbi Eliezer do? So Rabbi Lazar says, No, a Ger who had Mila without Tvila is a bona fide Ger. Is a bona fide Ger, which Rabbi Lazar says is pretty amazing. According to, according to Rabbi Eliezer, he's, he holds that actually Tvila is not necessary for Gerus. All that's required for Geirus is Mila and Kabbalah Hamisus, right? Acceptance of Mitzvah, but you don't need Tevila. Furthermore, furthermore, ultimately, the Kasavar Katan Kishnov Mahu, Eintar Klatif Merodambris, he also holds that Allah Chalamais, if a child is born, if a child is born circumcised, you don't need Dambris. You don't need Dambris. So therefore, I will say, so interestingly enough, he doesn't need Tosha Vasakhar, Rabbi Eliezer. Hi, ish, ish. So, we'll say, so again, so that, that's so this is very exciting. So we'll say, if we round out Rabbi Akiva Shita, 
here's really what we have. According to Rabbi Akiva, he'll learn out the prohibition for an RL to go ahead and eat shruma from where? From where? Ish ish. That's Rabbi Akiva. What does he do with Tosha Vesachir? Tosha Vesachir comes to tell me that even a person in the process of conversion who had Mila but didn't have Tvila cannot eat from Karim Pesach. Similarly, a Katan, a child who was born circumcised, if he didn't have Hatafas Dambris, can't eat Karim Pesach. The Gemara just brings in here, by the way, as an aside, those two pieces of information are points of contention. Rabbi Eliezer, on the other hand, holds that all you need for conversion is Mila, Kabbalah, so you don't need Tevila in a Mikvah. Furthermore, he holds that a Katan who's born circumcised does not need Hatafas Dambris. Good. Rabbi Eliezer, hi, ish, ish, my Avid, so we'll say now we're, 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 we're circling back to Rabbi Eliezer. What does Rabbi Eliezer do with Ish, Ish, to which, because remember, remember again, Rabbi Eliezer learns everything out from Tosha Vesachir. What does he do with Ish, Ish, to which the Gemara says, my Avid, lay, Dibra Torah Kalasha Adam. Hey, that was easy. He holds Nadrasha. Nadrasha. The Torah phrases itself in the way that people colloquially speak. So people say that's how people say ish ish. Good. All right. We'll say now we come to a fascinating sugya. So we'll say that closes out. So we'll say hopefully you have a mastery now over that machlokes. Again, we always love machloks, machloksim like this because Lamaisa, no one's arguing on the conclusion. The conclusion is an RL can't eat truma. How do I get there? Rabbi Lezer ultimately saying Tosha Vesacher, Tosha Vesacher, Gzir Shava between Truma and Pesach. Rabbi Akiva ultimately saying it's learned out from Ish Ish, going on the bottom line. And again, they each have their respective shitos which flow from that. Beautiful. Here we go. Here we go. Katan Arel Maulusoko B'Shemen Shal Truma. Listen to this case. Well, I just alluded to this before. Here we go. Cohen has a baby. Mazatov has a baby. The baby is, the baby is, uh, we'll call it six days old. Okay, so now both say, now the coin has truma. What is a coin allowed to do with truma? What is he allowed to do with truma? Anything he wants. Anything he wants. So Allah said now, respectful uses. Now he has oil of truma. Truma oil. He wants to smear his baby with oil. This is often done. Right? He wants to smear his baby with oil. Salah so is he permitted to go ahead and smear his six-day-old baby with oil? And both say, what's the shayla? What's the shayla? Six-day-old baby obviously doesn't have what? A brismila. But at the age of six days, is the baby considered to be an RL or not? We just established an RL is not permitted to get benefit from truma. So can a Kohen use truma oil on his 60-year-old baby? I will say an incredible shayla. To which the Gemara says, here we go. Cut an RL truma. Arelos shalom bizmano ma'akva. Olo ma'akva. So I will say, the way the, way the Gemara learns the Lushan over here is arelos shalom bizmano. Which is another way of saying... I will say, when does a child acquire the status of an RL? Do we say the moment you're born into this world and you don't have a bris, you're an RL? Or no, from, from, age, from one day to eight days, or, right, or from one day through seven days, you can't have a bris, right? So therefore, you're not an RL. RL is a function of someone who's uncircumcised. You only become uncircumcised in the midst of circumcision. Or, so I will say, so that, that's the machlokis. Do we say, well, he, the Gemara calls it arelos shalobizmano, right? An RL when there is not, do we call you an RL when there is not yet a mitzvah of bris milah? So here we go, boss. So I'm going Tashma, eini elam milas zechara b'shasa siya. So I will say, it's actually fascinating. So I only know, boss, I'm a common Pesach, a common Pesach. I only know that halacha we established that by common Pesach, 
So having uncircumcised males in your home, be it your children or your avadim, precludes you from offering up carbon Pesach. So only elamilas zechara b'shasasia. I only know that halacha lemaisa. I can't offer up the carbon Pesach if I have uncircumcised members of my home. Rabbi says asia. I'm offering the carbon Pesach. The Gemara says va'avadav b'shas achila, and I know that if I have uncircumcised avadim, I can't eat carbon Pesach. So, we'll say, so again, if you look at Rashi, only la'akev b'Pesach elab milas zecharav sheish lo b'shas asia, the gabe milas zecharav ksiv v'az yikrov la'asoso v'hainu shchita, the gabe avadav ksiv as yochabos. We'll say this is very interesting. The Torah phrases it in a fascinating way. If I have uncircumcised children, that precludes me from shechting carbon Pesach. If I have uncircumcised avadim, that precludes me from eating carbon Pesach. That's just the way the Torah phrases the prohibitions. How do I know? We'll say, how do I know to apply one to the other? In other words, we'll say, how do I also know that the presence of uncircumcised slaves? will preclude me from shechting, and the presence of uncircumcised children will prevent me from eating. That Gemara says, Tambalomar, az az l'gzera shava. So I will say, so therefore again, here we go, just understand what we just established. What we just established, I say is, whether you have uncircumcised avadim at the time of shechita, or uncircumcised children at the time of achila, you can't eat Karam Pesach, which also tells me that what? Even if I had, even if I didn't have uncircumcised children at the time of Shechita, but now I have uncircumcised children at the time of Achila, I can't eat. Similarly, if I had, if I didn't have uncircumcised Davodim at the time of Shechita, but now I have them by Achila, I also can't eat. So the Gemara says, okay, let's analyze this. I understand that there could be a case, listen to this, there could be a case where I didn't have an uncircumcised Evet at the time of Shechita, but now I do have him at the time of Achila. How could that happen? You just bought him. Right? The, the, the Gemara says, This is Abninu, Baini, Baini, Baini. We'll say first white line on the bottom. We'll say it's very simple. I bought him. I bought him in between the time of Shechita and the time of Achila. So I didn't have an uncircumcised Ever at the time of Shechita, but now I do have an uncircumcised Ever at the time of Achila. And so the Torah Kedoshah tells you, by the way, even though you shechted your Pesach totally beheter, if you have an uncircumcised Ever in your house, you cannot eat your carbon Pesach. Ela Zacharov. Say, how do you ever have a child who's un, who, is not un, who is not an RL at the time of Shechita, but is an RL at the time of Achila? So it must be, love, the Isyalid, Ben Achila, Ben Achila. We'll say, what has to be the case? The case is where Baruch Hashem Mazel Tov had a baby in between the time of Shechita and the time of Achila. So I didn't have the child at the time of, of Shechita. Now I have the child at the time of Achila. I will say, how old is the child at, the time, right, at that time, time of Achila? A couple of hours old. And yet, what do you see from here? Even a child who's a couple of hours old is considered to be what? An RL. Shema So I will say, you see from here that even a child below the age of eight days where he can't have a bris is still called an RL. Which I will say is fascinating. Because according to this Gemara, what does it sound like? 
um, by anyone who has a boy less than the age, the age of eight days old is not allowed to what? Eat Karim Pesach, which would be an impossible reality. So therefore, we're not finished. Amr Rav, Rav says, no, I don't think so. V'tizbara, himolo kol zacha, Amr Rachmano, v'az Yaakov So we'll say, the Pasuk says, the Pasuk says, by Karim Pesach, the Pasuk says, m'chiyagar itcha ger, v'asa Pesach la'ashem, himol lo kol zachar v'az yikrav la'asoso. So we'll say, so again, Torah is speaking about the ger, when, when the ger ultimately wants to join for Karim Pesach, Torah says, no problem, make sure it's a bris milah, and the ger could join you. So the Gemara says, I v'hai lav bar milahu. But we'll say, how can you possibly say that halacha l'maysa, a, a, a baby that's not yet eight days old, would preclude you from eating Karim Pesach? The baby is not subject to the laws of Mila. In other words, say, the Gemara push back and saying, Arelos is a state of someone who is not, who is derelict in performing the mitzvah. But the child less than eight days doesn't have the mitzvah. So I'll say, but here, so here's the problem. Here's the problem. We want to accept the premise. We want to accept the premise that a child less than eight days old cannot be an RL. Can't be an RL of less, of less than eight days old. The problem is also, we also have to come up with a case of what? Of a child, of a child who was not an RL at the time of Shrita, but is an RL at the time of Achila. That's what we're looking. We're, ju- we're just looking for that case. What is the possible case? To which the Gemara says, "I'll tell you the case." What's the case? The case where the baby had a fever. Look at Rashi. We'll say, here's the case. The baby was sick. Baby had a fever. So, eight days old. The baby's eight days old. Eight days old in Pesach. I'm ready to do the brismila, right? What happens if he gets a fever? So, at the time that I shechted the current Pesach, we'll say, remember, if a baby has a fever, then what? Then what? No, you don't, you don't do Mila, baby's a chola. You're not allowed to do a Mila, baby's a chola. So I say, so now, at the time of the Shechita, the baby had a fever, the baby was a chola, so I couldn't do bris Mila. I couldn't do bris Mila. Then I will say, what happened? What happened? After Shechita, what happened? The baby, the fever broke. Fever broke. So ideally, what am I supposed to do? Give the bris Mila then. If I, if at the time of Achila, I have not given the baby a bris Mila, then halach lamay, so that baby is an RL. Babies in Aro, that precludes you from eating current Pesach. Remember, so one second, it's not true. Vinesiv le kol shiva. Tamar Shmuel, chatsasu chama, nosel kashabas. We're going to see this sugya. Halachalamaisa, halachalamaisa. We'll say when the baby is sick and then recovers, you don't just do brismila right away. You don't do brismila right away. In other words, you say, especially with a fever, the Gemara says you give the baby seven days to recover. So we'll say, if that's true, that the baby had a fever at the time of the shechita and the fever broke right afterwards, you still wouldn't give that baby a bris milah. And if that's the case, the baby's not an RL. And if the baby's not an RL, then you can eat Karim Pesach. shiva. The Gemara says, So I'll say, so what's the case? What's the case? The case so I'll say, is where the baby did have a fever, right? And now Karim Pesach is the day, is the day, I'm sorry, Erev Pesach is the day that the baby should have had the bris milah. To which the Gemara says, okay, so then why not go ahead and give the baby the bris milah already the morning of the eighth day? Which, well, I'm sorry, the morning of Erev Pesach. In other words, we're, now, we're switching it around. Now really Erev Pesach was the seventh day, or the, I should say the day after the seventh day, the eighth day from the recovery. So give the baby a bris milah in the morning. To which the Gemara says, Ba'inon Amadeis, Ba'inon Me'is La'is. The both say this is fascinating. 
Now let's say when it comes to a baby who is ill, we're going to get into this sugi. When it comes to a baby who is ill, we give the baby a certain recovery period before we do bris milah. We will not do bris milah until there's a recovery period. The interesting part about that recovery period, I will say, is it's not seven calendar days of recovery. It's what? Seven 24-hour periods. So I will say, let's say, for example, so if the baby recovers at Tuesday at uh, 6.30 a.m., we count seven 24-hour periods from there. So therefore, I will say, it could be that the case, that the case is where halacha lamaisa, halacha lamaisa, the eighth day falls out a little bit later. So it could very well be, unless you could have a case where the eighth day, where it fell out on Erev Pesach, but let's say fell out after the time of Shechita. So you could have a case where halacha lamaisa, a person had an above, uh, right, a more than eight-day-old child that was uncircumcised at the time of Shechita, which is fine because the baby was still, quote-unquote, in the window of illness. But halacha lamaisa, by the time you come to Achila, would require a mila, and if doesn't have mila, would preclude the father from eating carbon Pesach. Then he one second, Vatani, Vatani Loda, Yom Hibaraso, Ki Yom Hibaldo. So I will say, ultimately, again, the day that you're born is just like the day, sorry, I should say, the day that you're healed is like the day that you're born. How so? My love, Yom Hibaldo, Loba Iname E Slays. So I will say, don't we say that in general, by bris mila, right? By bris mila, I will say the halacha is that what? We give a bris mila eighth day. I will say, how do we count eight days? How do you count eight days? Calendar days. In other words, I will say, if a baby is born, you know, one minute before shkia, right? One minute before, one minute before sunset, one day. That's one day. So I will say, so don't, the fact that we're now comparing days of recovery to days of birth, don't we say that just like days of birth, we count calendar days. So too, by recovery, we also count calendar days. To which the is low, but you know, me and I will say, when it comes to recovery, it comes to recovery, we don't count calendar days, we count 24 periods. When it comes to, when, when, a, when a baby is born, and you want to count days for bris milah, we don't require, I will say, means 24 hour periods, we don't require 24 hour periods, but rather again, we look at calendar days. So I will say, but again, when it comes to recovery, recovery does require 24-hour period. So I will say, so I just want to be clear what we're doing over here. It appears that the Gemara is settled on the fact that a baby less than eight days old, less than eight days old, is not an RL, is not an RL. Which was going back to our original question, remember how did this all start? Could a Kohen take truma oil and shmir his six-day-old baby? And the answer would appear to be yes. Now, I will say, that, great. Put that on the side for now. The problem we just got into now is the Gemara in the Bryce that described the case told us that a Kohen who had a baby who was, or not a Kohen, a person, Ere Pesach, a person who had a child who's not an RL at the time of Shechita, right? So he was able to shut the carbon Pesach, but then the child becomes an RL at the time of Achila, that RL child will preclude his father from eating carbon Pesach. So what are we trying to figure out over here? How can you not be an RL at the time of Shechita, but then become an RL at the time of Achila? So we've had one example. So far, one answer. What's the one answer? Where the baby had a fever, the fever broke, you waited seven days, Right, the eighth day, which would have been the Mila day, ultimately again is on Erev Pesach. The 24 hours did not yet conclude at the time of Shechita, but it concluded after the time of Shechita before Achila. 
So that could be a case of where the baby wasn't in RL at the time of Shechita, but now is in RL, and if you don't take care of the Arelis before Achila, would preclude the father from eating. Another answer. Rapapa Amar, Kigon Beni Beni. Rapapa says it could be a case of where the baby had problem with his eyes. Problem with his eyes. So both say, an eye problem is not the type of illness that you have to give a seven-day recovery period. Eye problem, as long as the baby is healed, you're good to go. So what's the case? At the time of Shechita, the baby had an eye problem, which, which again says you can't do Mila. Therefore, again, he's not an Arab. If you can't do Mila, you're not an Arab, right? But the eyes were healed, Baruch Hashem, between Shechita and Achila. So now the father would be obligated to go ahead and give the baby a meal. And if he doesn't do so, the arelus of the child would preclude the father from any car and Pesach. Beautiful. Rav Amarava says, what's the case? Because the case. Let's say father and mother. It's quite a power couple, right? Both parents, right, are incarcerated. Both parents are incarcerated. So both say they were. So now remember again. So they're part of a chabura. They're part of a chabura. So someone shechted carbon pesach for them, right? Part of the chabura, and therefore because they're incarcerated, they can't do mila. They're let out of jail after the Zman of Shechita. Now they can do Mila. So again, at this point, they become chayv to a failure to do so. will mean that they have a child who is in RL, because we'll say the mitzvah is on the parents. Mitzvah is on the parents. So therefore, again, failure to do so will preclude them from eating. So we'll say all just cases of where, technically speaking, the child is not in RL at the time of Shechita, but is in RL by the time of Achita. Next example, or next explanation, Rabbi Rav Kanabrei, Rav Nechemya Amar, Interesting case. I will say, what's the case where the baby was a tumtum? I will say, what's a tumtum? Tumtum is a, is a child where the sexual organs are covered over by a membrane. So we don't know male or female. I will say, what's the case? At the time of Shechita, the baby was still a tumtum. Then what happens? The membrane ruptured. The membrane ruptured after Shechita. And Mazel Tov, you discover it's a boy. It's a boy. Now we'll say, and obviously more than eight days have elapsed. So at this point in time now, there is an obligation to go ahead and do bris milah. Incredible. So the Gemara says, so the, good. This is an interesting one. So we'll say, what's the case? Rav Sharvia says, the case is where the baby extended, extended his head outside of the birth canal. So they extended the rose. Now, what, what's the case? If we look at Rashi, Shahotsi Vlad Rosho Chutzla Prozdar, Ukvar Avru Shiva Yomim. So listen to this. The case over here is where the baby went ahead and was partially born, so extended his head outside of the birth canal. And I will say, once the head, here's what's interesting. Once the head comes out, the baby is considered born. Not even, you don't even need the full head. I'll say the truth is it's either padachto, the forehead, or it has to be over here, the forehead and the nose, the baby could breathe. So ultimately, again, once the forehead and, well, once the head comes, we'll call it just the head. Once the head comes out, halacha lamaisa, again, the baby is considered to be born. So the Gemara says, listen to, look at Rashi. Shotzi vlad rosho chutzla ukvar avru shiva yamim, seven days, so say the baby is in that state, for seven days. For seven days. And then we'll say, okay, so listen to this case. Here's the case. The case is where the head came out, head came out, baby's been like that for seven days. So now we'll say, comes out of Pesach, it's day eight. The baby is chayv and mila. Can't do a mila, obviously, because the head is, in, the, the body is inside of the mother. 
When is the baby fully birthed? After Shechita, after Shechita, I want to say, here's a case of where Halacha Lamaisa, again, Mila could not be done. Mila could not be done. Ultimately, again, during the Zman of Shechita, can be done now post Shechita, and that Mila ultimately, again, would be Ma'akev. To which the Gemara just as an aside, Umi Chaye, could a child live like that? Right? Could a child survive for seven days in that state? Vatanya, we learned, We'll say, once a child is born, you know what happens? That which is closed. I should say, that which is open becomes closed, and that which is closed becomes open. In other words, I will say, that once a child is born, again, there's a physiological shift. Second, baby even survived like that. I will say, how is the baby sustained? The baby is sustained ultimately through a fever. I will say, this is an incredible idea. Now, here's the problem. You're not feeding this baby. How is the baby sustained through a fever? I will say, because it's very interesting that in the eyes of Chazal, a fever sustains an individual. It sustains an individual by, by ultimately, again, raising body temperature, obviously, and also diminishing appetite. So because of that, the child is able to be sustained through fever. So Gemara says, Ishto deman, who's fever? Who's fever? If it's the baby's fever, I will say, we just said before, if baby has a fever, then what do you do? What do you do? You give the baby an additional seven days once the fever breaks. So then this child is not subject to Mila at all, even when he comes out on Karab Pesach between Shechit and Achila. It must be it's the fever of the mother. The fever of the mother is sustaining the child. Another possibility is, I will say, ultimately, again, when do we say the child is unable to live? When the child is not crying. But if the child is crying, crying being a sign of vitality, ultimately, again, okay, so we'll say, so therefore, again, so good, we'll say, these are all just extreme examples of how you could have a situation of a child who was not subject to Mila at the time of Shechita, but does become subject to Mila ultimately by the time of uh, uh, by the time of Achila. So the Gemara says, "Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Benai, Arim Akabal Haza." So Rabbi says, "It's an interesting sugi." We'll actually, we'll stop over here for today. We'll pick up with this Gemara tomorrow. But Rabbi says, "We'll pick up with the fact that in other situations, being an RL, we we've discussed what an RL precludes you from." In Mir Tzashem, in tomorrow's daf, we'll see that even as an RL, certain other sacrificial processes are still going to be permitted. I will say beautiful sugya lara vagaraton gimar Mir Tzashem tomorrow's daf shkoyach. All right, have a great day, everyone. Lastman Moshe Ben Sion, Eretz Yisrael contingent, enjoy. Great day, everyone.